keep on rocking in a free world. I was always surprised that people like Neil Diamond. Isn't that his name? Keep on rocking in a free world? No idea. Yeah. He's like not that great of a singer. He's not, I don't think he's that great of a musician overall at all, but somehow people. Who likes him? I don't know. Enough people like him enough to have a record, you know, have multiple records out and people do. Like no, I mean, yes, I know people like him in general, but like, why are you, why does it come up for you right now? Because in my Spotify playlist at work, when I listen to like certain classic rock stuff or whatever, actually not really the classic rock. I put on Cat Stevens for some reason the other day. And all of a sudden, eventually, I was getting a whole bunch of different artists that were more in like, a, I don't know, not not your traditional hard rock, classic rock guys, but, you know, um, songs like Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, does he do that song? Is that the Sweet Caroline? That I don't know. See, because I don't really like Neil Diamond, so I'm not really sure about um, whether or not any of his songs are I don't know it's what Neil Diamond yeah okay I just know I think Keep On Rocking in a Free World is him I had to google it oh. he has a very like I guess passionate uh, he's he's very passionate about what he does and therefore people connect to it I guess but um, I don't know it always blows my mind Keep On Rocking in a Free <laughs> World I don't know I um don't have much to say. The only thing I know is Sweet Caroline. And that is because it's in a bunch of movies and shows. And that's my point. It's like <laughs> how but, it's it's in popular culture. It's used. I mean, you know, people like Neil Diamond. Yeah, but the song. Ooh, you know how I just Googled it? Is Sweet Caroline about a 12-year-old? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Written about a young Carolyn, Ken- uh, Carolyn Kennedy. Who was no more than 12 years old at the time. Okay, it's a little weird. Yeah, let's not sing that song again. I wasn't singing it. You were singing it. Why is Sweet Caroline a Boston song? Uh, Boston Red Sox legends. Uh, Sweet Caroline played during a game at Fenway in 1997. Okay, weirdos. Yeah, bunch of fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wicked weird. Wicked fucking weird, kid. <laughs> I don't know why they would play it at. I mean, I, I guess you know, a lot of people aren't digging deep into the meaning of certain songs. I, that was what I always found was significant about rap and hip hop is they were like basically saying bold print. This is what we're doing. Brenda's got a baby, yeah. Yo. And over in like the rock and you know other where where there was more singing involved, they weren't really. Um, clear about the lyrics they're sort of like kind of paint a picture kind of don't sometimes you don't really get the gist of what's going on so you can the song can have multiple meanings so it's not like you know again hip-hop which was like straight into the point here's what it is well there there's some there's some disco that's straight to the point like if you like my body no if you want my body and you think i'm sexy go home to your mama because you are not for me boy is that what the rest no it's not I wouldn't know. I never get past that first part of it. I went to El Salvador when I was 16. And that must they have been were, fun. They were like full ass like bump in that song. Really? Yeah. So that song for me has ties to El Salvador. Yeah. I get, 
I get this feeling that El Salvador is sort of like this, I don't know, like a suppressive regime. Why are you making that face? Because, well, you tell me like, you know, that you're not allowed to have tattoos. There's this big presence between the, the gangsters and the, you know, the, what, the military or whatever. And the, it just seems like the ones who run the country are so uptight that they wouldn't be down with stuff like that. And I don't know. I just get this impression that it's a very oppressive. So like, just like place. the United States, it's not the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, there are certain places. So they recently came off of a civil war. And um, it was there were rebels like still in the uh, in the mountains areas where my family was, um, where we went to go visit. Um, at sixteen. Uh, yeah, at sixteen yeah. years old. Um, but I, I mean, I had gone as a child, but I last went when I was sixteen years old. Um, I also when I got my tattoos. So I, I'm, I'm scared of going back there because the. The United States have deported so many people who are from gangs, um, more specifically MS-13, right? right? And 18th Street, those two, and deport them back to um, El Salvador, even though those children were raised here in the United States. They go back and have nowhere to go to, and they then start all of this, like, upheaval of the communities, and there's... um. And then there's like more gang indoctrination and so and and all this violence that's being started. However, the reason why gangs like MS like MS13 started off as a you know a way for it's a community for people from Central America who were being bullied and persecuted here in Los Angeles. So I mean it's just a constant cycle. So right now, so what has happened? What has been happening over the last couple of decades is that there are so much gang activity and it's become so volatile and so dangerous that there's the military groups and the rebel groups who are trying to keep peace but look at people and think holy shit those people are uh up to no good let me take care of this before it gets out of hand and a lot of people are coming and and um seeking um seeking asylum in the United States because it is so bad that like once you hit a certain age, your child either goes into a gang or they get killed. Um, and then if it's a girl, she either gets raped into a gang or she gets killed. So they seek asylum. Mm, yeah. So with the gangs being so prevalent, wouldn't you think that the tattoos, are, well, I mean, I'm sure the gangs all have tattoos, right? That's, so that's why it's dangerous to have tattoos. I told you when my, when my uncle, so the, my mom, when my mil- uncle passed, my mom and my other, one of my other uncles went to El Salvador for the funeral and they ushered them out. Um, they ushered them out because one of my, my uncle's, one of his tattoos from underneath his shirt was peeking out through like the collar, like the, the buttons on his shirt on the top collar and and they were ushering him out because otherwise he was going to um he, he could have gotten killed by one of the other groups right so but then i guess the military or the the government still has the overall control and power that hasn't been tipped the scale hasn't been tipped enough to where that the gangsters just rule because obviously what you're saying is is that even any little bit of ink showing and they treat you as a criminal and i mean what is the worst re- um punishment for that like what are they? Gonna, they'll kill you. <laughs> Death. Just, yeah, they don't go in and be like, "Hey, you got to take this tattoo off." Or they don't. So, like, but then, I'm are sure they not killing that it's all not, of the gangsters. Then I'm sure. Well, no, because um, some some areas are very much controlled by the gangs. 
still. And even though the military is the military, the gangs also have some kind of uh, like foothold in their communities. Um, so it's not all or nothing. It's it's like a careful balance right now. And hopefully some things get resolved soon. And hopefully it's not like, oh, she has a tattoo of a smiley face. Let's go shoot her. But I'm like, I'm not like I only have what, 13, 12, 10 tattoos. I don't remember. And um, but I have big tattoos and mm. visible tattoos. So I would um, while I could hide them for work. It is so hot in El Salvador. I can't imagine not wearing like a short sleeve shirt or something. Um, and that would just make me kind of scared of going. Yeah, uh, but, but other than that, would it be policed in your like how like if you were to get to the house or the area where you live, you wouldn't be staying in a hotel, right? Or do you guys have? Uh, well, I uh, I don't know much of the family that's there now because right. because our family during the Civil War, um, they they were refugees in in Honduras. So then, you and would so that's why my grandparents, yeah, that's why my grandparents have their. Their farm in Honduras, yeah. not in El Salvador. Yes, yeah, um, pretty crazy. But, but if I went, like, I would love to go to El Salvador. Um, there are a lot of tourist areas um, that are um, patrolled by the military because that's money there. Um, and those are a little bit more secure. Like, when we go visit my dad um, in Guatemala next year, uh, we're going to stay with him. And he is... Um, he has a gated, he lives in a gated community that's patrolled by the military. Mm. So it's a little bit safer. So are they more lenient on the tattoos in Guatemala then? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Hmm. But they're they're still orange. Like, like do not visit, um, like, like U.S. citizens don't visit kind of thing. So, Well, that's definitely not a free world over there. Can't be rocking out with Neil Diamond with your tattoos in that type of situation, I guess. But you can with Rod Stewart, apparently. Oh, yeah? oh <laughs> uh, that's funny you know that he wore his hair like that because he how like had like a cowlick and it wouldn't go down so they're like fuck it i'm gonna embrace this motherfucker sure and that's I'd... what you do you figure out what's going on with you and you embrace it mm -hmm. like i embrace my weird well it's sometimes hard for people to get to that point to embrace it because it takes self-esteem and it takes uh you know you have to be able to it takes be confident a lot of and, confidence yeah yeah and a lot of people are not necessarily confident i wasn't you know? always confident I, I could tell you that i think i became confident once i had my children because i had no choice i had to fend for them i had to be responsible for them and my insecurities were not gonna hinder my ability to take care of my children yeah and there's different levels of confidence because you can you know you might be confident amongst your friends and, and amongst your house and i don't know your day-to-day -day place but then you go to a larger area like a i don't know a sporting event or a larger gathering or whatever and then maybe your confidence level is not as high anymore you but you know what i mean like I, I don't know. I felt that way before. I could be the loud mouth amongst my friends, but then all of a sudden we're in a big place. I'm not, I usually kind of like take a step back and, and assess the situation first. You know, I'm not one of those people that just outlandishly just steps into the place and says, Hey, look at me, you know? Um, not that I think I am. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. But that's what I'm saying. There are different levels of confidence. I'm sure that there might be a situation maybe you're in where you feel like, uh, or maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, there definitely is. That was like a random tangent. That that was just all off on a whole other thing. So. You know, we haven't even started this episode yet. No, 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 we haven't. But we've been talking about some evil shit in some <laughs> weird countries, and maybe that'll tie it into this. Uh, I mean, weird countries, we unless you count Malibu as a weird county. 
Um, hey, this is Heidi and Stefan, and welcome back to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. Yeah. And today we are talking about a very scary place, a very scary town in a very scary time. That's right. We're talking about 1970s Malibu, California. <laughs> Oh boy, Malibu, we are talking, Malibu. Uh, we're talking about Messiah of Evil, 1973's Messiah of Evil, a movie that takes place in Malibu. Yeah. Um, Point Dune, luckily which we, is supposed to be Point Doom. Well, you know, they did say it used to be another town and then it was renamed Point Dune. So maybe that other town, they called it New Bethlehem. Yeah. They, so there's this whole story and like there's this whole background. Um, it used to be called, I guess, New Bethlehem. New Bethlehem. And it, uh, and this is in the movie. I don't, I haven't researched to see if it's like in real life, but, uh, but there was a blood moon. And since then, they changed it to Point Dune. Yeah. So we luckily stumbled across this movie just, uh, you know, randomly going through Shudder. And we were like, hey, let's watch this one. Um, well, because really, we, it's because Mariana Hill was kind of hot. So I was like, oh, this well, looks like a movie I want to watch. Again, we both hadn't seen this movie before, which is always a plus for us. And also, we... Um, Shoot, Did my burping just distract yeah, you? Yeah, you just distracted me. I, I because I thought you were I looking burped? at something, and then I realized you're burping. So what <laughs> I'm trying to say is um, we we, we found this movie on Shudder, and uh, we hadn't seen it. Oh, and we're taking it back to 1973 because... You know, we're bouncing around all over the place. We've done a couple 80s movies. Some of the movies we did recently were like the 2000, 90s, whatever. So why not take it back to the 70s, uh, which is a really good time for horror movies, I think. Yeah, no, I think so, too, because it's got a lot of the um, a lot of the nudity that you enjoy. It has a lot of the gore Although that this one I enjoy. Have any nudity. And it has a lot of the red paint blood, which is my favorite. Yeah, the realism for um, like an, an Eli Roth or a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. That's cool, too. But there's something about the red paint blood that just, it's like goes right to my heart. Like, I I love like red paint blood movies. Like, I I, I do. That's not my favorite part of the movies. It's sort of like when you see a shootout scene in older movies and it's like pew, pew, pew. You know, and it's like, like lasers, not lasers, like cowboys and lasers, cow- no, like firefly, no. <laughs> <laughs> the cowboy part of it, not the laser part of it. You know how that, you know, <laughs> I the, know what you mean. I'm assuming you're those old school, like gunshot sounds. Um, yeah. So now here's the funny thing about this movie. I feel like it had a false start. I thought I, I think that the beginning of the movie is not even really the movie. I think. So the beginning of the movie, um, it, it it's like it like bookends the entire movie. It's the same scene in the beginning, same no, scene at the end. No, um, that's no, it's not. That's why I'm telling you this is okay, it has a false start. You're right. It has the bookends front and back but before that there's a scene that has nothing to do with the relevance of the movie whatsoever and it actually surprised me because it was a cool scene it got me into it but then looking back at it i was like it had nothing to do with the movie and that was the scene where you see a man running and then he gets killed by a young girl right but that happens throughout the entire movie there are people running away from these people no but i understand but this was a young girl first of all you don't see children throughout the rest of the movie this was a younger girl and she doesn't look possessed or zombified or anything like that she just happens to like 
kill this guy by gut okay. slicing his throat open. So I'm about to tell you where you're wrong. But uh, just really quick, the synopsis. It's uh, a young woman goes searching for her missing artist father. Her journey takes her to a strange California seaside town governed by a mysterious undead cult. That is a synopsis. Yep. Now, the part of that you're talking about ties in later in the movie where that guy, Tom, he's like, uh, he's talking to this woman and she's like, we tried to get out and we tried to get the children, but it was too late. They already got the children. Right. So I feel that scene was taking place inside the town right before. Um, what's her okay. name? Okay. Aberjean. No, what's her mm-hmm. name? <laughs> um, Arletti. Aberjean is from Archer, right? Um, Arletti uh, before she makes it to town. So anyway, the movie. Um Directed by duo Willard Hyuk and Gloria Katz, who also apparently um, were the team behind Howard the Duck. Oh, wow, really? American Graffiti and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Seriously? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And and it's funny because this uh, this uh, Marianne Hill is a leading uh, has a leading role, and I felt like I saw her somewhere before. I just can't figure out where. Well, maybe she did a movie with uh, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I I see what you're saying about the. She's connection. in The Godfather Part Two. She was Deanna Corleone. Deanna Corleone. Which one? Who was Deanna? I don't know. She stopped acting like in the 80s. Hmm. Well, like I said, um, maybe you're right about the whole connection later on. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But I I didn't see much of a connection with that. Like in the beginning, it's a very cool, shocking scene. And it's like epic music where when she kills and slices the guy's throat and it's like Messiah of evil. And you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And. And then all of a sudden, then it goes to the, uh, the the first batch of credits, and you see some names, and then all of a sudden it goes to the hallway scene. And when it goes to the hallway scene, it does, that's the bookend you're talking about. So the hallway scene is uh, her talking about, the, the main character talking about her, you know, basically she's in an asylum. Um, and then there's more credits after that scene again, which is, again, why I said it was sort of a weird false start. Well, you know what else this movie has? This movie also has two different releases. It was released as Messiah of Evil in 1973. And then it had a re-release in 1983 under the name Dead People. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, it did. It was kind of fragmented. I did see a lot of, like, unclarified and unresolved plot points. <laughs> but this movie I thought was pretty cool. Um, aside from that first stabbing scene, the movie starts like this. This woman talking in her um, in uh, her asylum or whatever, um, and she, you know, as she's, it, it's kind of like, you know, remind me of like an Argento movie. That's what it was. Okay. It reminded me of an Argento movie, and um, you know, the opening lines are like, uh, "Nightmares are dreams perverted," mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she's got and this so, cool little monologue, and so it made me feel like this movie was going to be about like so much supernatural stuff and and i thought it was gonna be like a lot of people like in their dreams not unlike uh um nightmare on elm street where it's like all of the big dramas happening in people's dreams i thought it was gonna be like that it wasn't um it wasn't but i still think the movie has a lot of really good points it's like lovecraft meets uh, I wrote uh romero you know because it's like evil dead but it's also like this grand like just 
like just occult kind of like just craziness, right? So the the thing about the movie, the whole the whole thing behind the movie is there was a dark man that came from whatever out of nowhere to this town and did this whole blood feast yeah, kind of thing. It's a whole like- turned people into cannibals and then disappeared into the ocean. And uh, with the promise of coming back. Yeah. And and some whole folklore thing that happened. And I guess the t- town, some people know about it. It's sort of like, you know, mythology in a sense. Like they yeah. don't. Um, there are, um, there, there's supposed, he's supposed to come back, like, I guess a hundred years later. And that's where this is. Um, we find that, excuse me. We find that uh, we have a few main characters. That's uh, Mariana Hill, and she is Arletty. Arletty is the daughter of a famous. Um, he's like an artist, artist, or something. Yeah. Um, and he's an artist of the macabre. He is. Um, he's like really. He does dreary things. That's what I did. You get saw. that from his house, though. Yes. Really, his house yeah. was creepy. His house um, was creepy, but it was also more like poster esque and like, uh, you know, I get it. There were like mob figure looking people almost but they look sort of like uh i don't know i feel like uh so the rat pack kind of stuff it's okay so arletti um is is his daughter and he went to that house but never came back so she's over there looking for him even though he i guess apparently told her to stay away um she's a concerned daughter right Mm -hmm. you naturally you'll go check it out there's also this character tom who we meet later on who is a Apparently a collector of legends and we meet him for the first time and he's in a CD motel room with Tony, this girl who's like, she looks 16 and uh, Laura, who's this other girl who's about in her mid to late twenties or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's so a contrasting difference yeah. of girls there. And they're all like, nobody's really, uh, there's no clear defined lines. Like it's not like the two are a couple and there's a friend kind of thing. It's sort of like the dude and then two chicks there's, or whatever. He calls them his companions. And then Arletti meets, um, meets Tom and his gang um, in the motel room as she's looking for her father because she went to the art studio or the art store or whatever. What is it called? Yeah, it was a she little went art to a gallery. Play, that a she art goes gallery, to. that's right. And um, they said, oh, somebody was looking for him this morning also. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're interviewing the town drunk um, who's talking to them about this very legend. Yeah. Um, now, that uh, that town drunk later on, once our lady leaves, says, if you find your father, it's too late for him. You can't bury him. You have to kill him. Yeah, you, can't you have bury to burn him. him is you what have she to says. burn him. Yeah, he says. I'm sorry. Yeah, he says you got to burn him. There's no other way. It's, you got to kill him. She goes, "You're mad. You're crazy." And she's like, "I don't believe this fucking guy." Yeah. Um, so, so she's like asking questions around town, causing trouble, really poking her nose like people do. Um, and Tom is also being like weird. Like he shows up at her house and is like, "Oh, he shows I up have, at his ho- her house like super creep." Like, as she's asleep, yeah, on like a swing bed that's suspended from chains from the which ceiling sounds pretty or cool. Like if you're gonna live on the beach, you need to have a bed that's hooked to the ceiling with chains so that you can feel like you're rocking with the ocean yeah because that's what it sounded like. Like as as you you heard the waves outside, her bed was kind of rocking, and you're like. 
keep rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking in the free world. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you remember before all of this? And I just wanted to go back real quick. I don't want to touch on it too much. But the way the story like carried on, well, again, we had the opening kill scene. And then we actually have this whole scene at a gas station when she's on her way to the place, which is where we get the second kill of the movie, actually. But there was... um I thought it was a cool, first of all, product placement and sponsors big time because mobile was like, boom, I'm and right Ralph's. here. Well, Ralph's <laughs> comes later on. Yeah. Um, but also there was a cool, like, so there was this strange guy that comes, it's like an albino guy who um, asked for this weird thing. He says, $2, no knock to this attendant. What the fuck does that mean? Two bucks. Yeah. But what does no knock mean at a full like- service gas station? I want a Hummer after. <laughs> I don't know, um, right? Two dollars. No, no, I think no. it means flat. Like I ain't got no more than that. Like oh, just two dollars okay. is maybe. what I think. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, anyway, that and then that scene ended in a really cool way, where when the kill happens, um, the lights go out in the gas station, and it sort of all goes black, and then transitions to the next scene. I just thought that was really cool. I miss for full service gas stations. Do you? Yeah, I wish we still had them. Like, Did- I remember having them growing up. Did they? Oh, it's because I remember having them in Massachusetts where I grew up as well. But down in Florida, I don't ever remember having full service gas stations. Really? Yeah. Um, like, I, even if you pay that extra service fee for having it, I always thought it would it was worth it. So you don't have to touch those dirty ass gas pumps. Yeah, it was. It's cool. Or like, get out not of your having car. to get out of your car. Every time we go to a gas station in my dad's country or whenever I've traveled, it's basically full service. You know? Bangladesh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I've been to the Middle East and I've been to uh, Europe. Europe mostly is also both. It's mostly, I think, self-serve now. But I do think that sometimes it might have been full serve at some point. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I, I feel like I wouldn't mind it not getting out of the car, just having somebody else fill it up. I'd like that now. They should totally bring that back. Yeah, yeah. So let's get back Especially into Especially with as many idiots. Like you saw those stupid ass people filling up grocery bags with gas because they thought oh, it was going to be man. a gas sh- shortage. Yeah. And instead of, you know, rationing and taking care of each other, they're hoarding gas station, uh, gas in uh plastic bags there's yeah i saw one too and it's it's so weird because you can't believe anything (laughs) you see on the internet at all but i saw one where a guy was filling up the back of his truck he had lined it with like a tarp and he was filling up the bed of his truck but the thing is it's weird like i can't imagine that being legal well well, that's the thing the way the video happens it's like at first glance you're like oh my god i can't believe he did that but at second glance you're like hold on the video starts the truck is already full basically that's a lot of gasoline to fill up the back of a truck you don't really see him pouring it you see him finishing and while somebody's pretending to come up and like film him and he puts the thing on and drives off with the gas but it's like sloshing all around and pouring all over the place I guarantee you there was a stage video where that was water in there and not gasoline. And because you don't really see him pumping it in there. You know what I mean? It's it's. Yeah, no, I'm sure a lot of the idiotic things we've seen um, during COVID that people do to each other. I'm hopeful that most of it is staged. The one that you probably have seen where a lady early on when we were wearing masks and she had to come into the gas station, she had a hole and the gas station. That one's staged, right? Yeah, it's totally staged. Yeah, There are some that you feel like, and I learned this from, I learned this from the the show, uh, what was the name of the show? Um... America's home videos or whatever. <laughs> America's home video, like yeah, with Bob America's Saget. funniest home yeah, videos. Yeah, America's funniest home videos. Yeah, and I learned that from Bob Saget because there was a segment that he's like, 
Yeah, but who's going to really record these guys <laughs> doing this, right? Yeah. Who's going to record these guys painting a wall, right? Because something funny happened on the wall, right? Or something like that. And so when I watch a video, I always think, who would have actually been there just recording them for no reason? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. Like I said, it's hard to believe anything you see nowadays. Um but speaking of strange, this guy, Tom, I thought he was like a super creep. He was weird. Our Arletti's our, our trying to get him out of the house or trying to be like, what are you doing here? She was like, I guess I had to be nice and let him stay. But then he like shows well, up so, down in her swing bed, like kind of watching her sleep. Well, they, um, the reason why he goes over there, according to him, is that the police <laughs> didn't like that they were there and they didn't like that. Uh, he had those companions, yeah, those the, traveling and, companions. Because the old guy found wound up dead. So when he found yeah. wound up dead, they didn't want them to stay in the hotel anymore. And they were like, we didn't know where else to go. And all the other hotels wouldn't keep take yeah. them in. Yeah. So he was like, well, I'm just, I want to meet your dad. I'm going to wait here. And Laura, uh, what's our lady's like, oh, shit, fine. Fucking stay. What what can we do about it? Yeah. But the girl, our, um, Laura splits. Like after a while, she's like, I don't she like does. this. She got jealous and left. Mm -hmm. And she left in the studio. Stupidest way ever. She tries to leave with the car thinking that the keys would be in the ignition. Of course they're not. The keys to the Mercedes are not in the ignition. <laughs> no, no. Um, but then she she hitches a ride into town with the alb albino guy that was the bad guy from the gas station, Stefan mentioned. And um, and when she goes into town, she's just – so she gets creeped out by then and then go by then because the guy tries to eat a live rat. Oh, and right. she jumps yeah. out of the car <laughs> and she ends up like walking through town and she ends up at a Ralph's. Ralph's yeah, yeah. That <laughs> and was she great. goes to the Ralph's and uh, at the Ralph's, she, there's like nobody until she gets to the meat department and people are eating raw meat. Yeah. Well, she followed one lady around like in the parking lot into the Ralph's. But and hey! then and then also I love the scene where right before she left when Tony was like, Laura. Leave me some dope. <laughs> She's like, all right, I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, but then you have to think that there's this addicted kid that is um, probably being kept be um, and able to stay there because of her addiction. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is keeping her yeah. with drugs. Well, uh, Laura uh, does say to Tony at one time, she goes, don't worry, you're a kid. Yeah. You'll be able to take care of it. Like, as if, like... Like, you got your life ahead of you. Don't worry. Shit will be a workout or whatever. Jesus. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, now we get to the Ralph's. The Ralph's was so funny because it was this gigantic Ralph's. And I'm like, total sponsorship, especially back in the 70s. But it was also, like, a very big, empty grocery store with, like you said, the people in the back eating the raw meat. So, when so they I see her. work at Point Doom. And, actually, at the end of the movie, there's this, um, like, beach that they're at. And I think that that's the private beach that that I know about when we when I used to work in Point Doom because there are all these families that bought these houses back in the day for like five hundred thousand dollars, and they um at back and and that was a steal. Yeah. And now they have access to this private beach. Well, so everybody who lives on that street has a key to a gate oh, that cool. lets you in through this beach, and it's and it's the same cutout. So I yeah well, yeah yeah all of nature's beauty is privately owned. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, that that's that that made me think what what grocery store was this? But in the seventies, they must have redone it. Otherwise, it's you know yeah, like yeah, I think it's a house or something. So, so uh, this is uh, Laura becomes our like third real death 
in the movie. Oh so yeah, far. she gets eaten. So she and and this is where we sort of see the people really look a little bit more zombie like. Like again, they're eating the meat. They're crying they're blood. Cry, yeah, and they're like kind of just zoned out. But they also, unlike most zombie movies, are running after her pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're running through the thing. These she's ain't trying your to get zombies. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, oh shit! And then she's trying to be slick and go because the door wouldn't open. Then she tried well, to run the, the other thing, way, and then she gets fucking well. So what we learn from behind? <laughs> what we learn from when Tony becomes the next victim, a little girl. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and little girl, she looks like she's sixteen. Like we're not talking little girl as in five. We're not talking little girl as in early twenties. We're talking about like maybe a 15, 16 year old girl. Um, so when she becomes victim, because uh, Tom says she can go into town um, and watch a movie, yeah, she goes she- to the theater and we uh, see her go into the theater and we see the person selling her the ticket immediately close the theater after she after Tony gets in. Now, that is not your mama zombies either because they're clever. They're smart. Right. They're able to put together a plan because as she's sitting there eating popcorn and watching the movie, what's the movie? Oh, the movie was great. It was uh, Gone with the West, which featured James Caan and Sammy Davis Jr. (laughs) I mean, we thought it was like a fake movie within a movie, but then I was like, no, 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 no. I think that's Sammy Davis Jr. (laughs) And I looked it up on IMDb, and sure enough, it's a fucking real movie. Well, yes, yes. No, that, that, that part was hilarious. But what we saw is as she's sitting there watching the movie and eating her popcorn, that there are more and more of these zombie creatures or these undead creatures coming in from the door and sitting behind her. And then it's not until they're ready to make their attack does one one of these undead sit on either side of her to try to yeah, trap kind her, of block in. her in. Yeah. And she gets freaked out when they sit next to her and she tries to run. Mm-hmm. But they had locked the doors behind them. Yeah. And so she does this great death scene where the movie's over the screen goes white and she's sitting in front of the theater in front of the screen front and center screaming and she's being dragged to her death like that was a great scene her hand popped up and it almost kind of reminded me of like the evil dead hand Mm -hmm. yeah it was all that was that was a good one um so they're smart zombies is what i'm saying yeah now okay staying on that topic of them being smart zombies there were two other times in the movie where I do feel like that they showed us that. Number one was that old crazy man when he was telling his story when he came in and uh, after he left and and Arletti uh, bumped into him on the way out. He said, "I that people think I'm crazy, but I'm smart. I walk around and and uh, you know eat, sleep on a bench, and eat with the you know like." He basically was saying that they don't know that. You know, they don't catch on to my thing here because I'm pretending to be a crazy old man. And then later on, when Laura gets picked up by the albino guy, he asks her, are you coming from the moonlighting moonlighting thing? Yeah. So in other words, smart zombies, because they're going and doing some sort of like, Like you know, they're not like in The Walking Dead where they can smell each other. Right. They still have their brains and they are sort of like, I guess, I don't know. They're still people, but they're just... They're like in a fog. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like in the last movie with the invasion of the body snatchers, how they were still like functioning, but they were like aware of yeah. like, what was going on. Yeah, you know? no, that's definitely, and it is very much like the pod people because from um, invasion, invasion of, of the, the body, body snatchers, snatchers because they lack emotion after a while, you know. Right. And all of this is coming to this. Like all this stuff is happening and it's getting um, and, and it's increasing in their volatility and their violence um, 
as the movie progresses because it's getting closer and closer to the blood moon. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they are pretty smart too because the police officers that are the bad zombies, I mean, yeah, that are zombies, um, they tell Arletti, we found your father's body on the beach. His artwork must have collapsed on him. Yeah. And and they, you know, she can't see his face or anything. And so they try to tell her that's her father. Right. But yeah. she recognized her father had long, slender mm-hmm. fingers and said, That's why are they lying? That and wasn't she tells him. Tom, yeah. she tells Tom, Why are they lying to me? That's not my father. Yeah. Those were not his hands. And so that's when Tom and, and Arletti know something's up. Yeah. She has like a nightmare um earlier. And um, that's when she she's obviously been searching for her father the whole time. But that's when the next morning they find the boat um, smashed. And, yeah, she's also starting to have this weird thing, too, where she's got blood dripping from her ear. And um, she burns herself for a minute. Well, the blood comes from her eye later. But before, there is a part where it starts dripping from her ear. Oh, you're right. Um, You're right. And then she also burns herself and doesn't even realize it. She's like, I can't feel anything. Um, So, anyways, with all this going on. And now all of a sudden they're telling her that her father's dead. She's like, I don't believe this bullshit. And she tells Tom, that's not my fucking father. He has like women's hands. And that guy had man hands. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. And then uh, his hands look like a like a bunch of bananas. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, then Tom is also like, oh, shit. Well, that's great. No, but uh, I told Tony to go to the movie theater. I guess I got to go search for Tony. So he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go look for her. And then leaves uh, Ar- Arletti. What's her name again? Arletti. Ar- Arletti. Arletti. Leaves Aberdeen her there. Aberdeen is Archer's kid, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so then when Tom goes to the movie theater, he finds that the movie theater is already shut down. And now he's not sure where the hell Tony is. But he also notices that there's some other people running. The streets are very quiet, but yet there's action going on. And one of which, you mentioned these bad cops. Well, we see a scene where these cops pull up and they're trying to shoot. Disperse, um, disperse. They're trying to shoot the zombies. No, they tell first they say disperse because there's a group of people there. Right, yeah. And yeah. then they... Sp- they automatically get out and start shooting at yeah, them. Typical. And then one of them ends up being a zombie and shoots the other one and everybody feasts y- on yep, him. Yeah, absolutely. But I just thought it was funny. I was like, see, the cops are never trained. They just jump out and start pew, 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 shooting their guns left and right. So, and that's this is also where Tom ends up meeting that woman that you're talking about that says that they're the Her kid children were, uh, were changed were, already. Yeah, right. And then um, he was like, Sorry, bitch, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's like, I can't help you. I got to go do my own thing. Um, and he's just running around very silent, you know, eerie streets, whatever. Um, but eventually he does make it back to our Letty, who's now bleeding from her eye, right? And, um, you know, having a well, she thinks that her father, like, there's like, they keep showing like people at the top of her thing. And I kept wondering if that was her father's body, like the skylight. Well, I think at some point it was because her, her father shows up. Yeah. He shows up and she's like, holy shit. As she's like changing, as she's becoming crazy and, and passing out. And it's after she tries to stab herself on the leg with a yeah. needle. She's like, I can't feel anything. Yeah. And so her father comes and tells her, you need to go. Yeah. And this is a you know funny scene because now she's like not really like paying, listening to him. But he also then turns around and is like starts attacking her or whatever um, in the art studio. He throws a bu- was it he throws a bucket of red paint. 
And then he also dips himself in blue paint. And I, I was, it would have looked bit more badass if I guess if he put the red paint on. Maybe, well, maybe it was too red. But then he started looking like the Blue Man Group guy, like walking around. And so what does she do? She lights his ass up. Yep, she sets her father on she, fire. He, I think what it was, not only was he covered in in oil, uh, not oil. I'm sorry, um, paint, which maybe could be oil based or whatever. But there was also a can of what looked like paint, yeah, turpentine paint thinner. And I was like, that's flammable. And then, uh, yeah, she just lights his ass up and boom, burns her dad, which, you you know, you figure, OK, well, that's that's great. That's probably <laughs> the end of the movie. So it's, it's not because then every all these other creatures are, come by and Tom and Arletti eventually make a run for it. And they run down the coast, like on the on the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they realize that all of the townspeople are still coming to the beach, but not necessarily for them. But to look out towards the water to right. see if the if Messiah is coming. The, yeah, the um, the tall. The, what do they call him? The lo- the, the dark, dark, the dark stranger. The or dark something. stranger. Yeah. And the and dark. so here's what bothered me about it. Tom plays to the character who plays Tom plays both the tall stranger, and and Tom. Wait, really? Yeah. Um, but they never, like, they don't know. They don't clarify that tom was the dark stranger it's like it's like they changed their mind mid-movie or something so you're because, telling me that the actor is the same actor mm-hmm. but the movie doesn't want to specify whether or not mm-hmm. it's the same character right and uh, i don't know if it's they just changed their mind or maybe you got it's on the cutting room floor or whatever but as you're, as a tom and arletti are trying to get away they go into the ocean and tom disappears and arletti's left like open water right yeah, right and yeah supposedly according to her monologue or her narration, um, when she's back at the insane asylum, she's uh, she's saying that she was pulled back to the shore by all of the townspeople, uh, but they couldn't find Tom. Now, there is a flashback when we are learning about the tall stranger and what happened before, but... It's the, it's it's Tom. That's Tom's character, like the the actor that plays Tom. Right. Yeah. So I know you. I, you, I feel you caught on to that while we were in that scene. I remember you were like, mm, "Okay, I know." You didn't say it out loud, like, but I knew that you were thinking that that was the same person. Right, and and then it was, but they just didn't clarify that. Right. And there there are, there are a lot of like those, um, they just didn't like get past the finish line on a certain things. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. Overall, I like I I enjoyed the scenes, the art on the wall. Like that's a fabulous house. Like it's a house and inside the house there are murals everywhere and it makes it look like it's on the outside. Yeah, he had it's like a, a cool mural. Ass house. He had a mural of like an escalator. Yeah. Um <laughs> And, and so it's it's a cool house, um, and there's a lot of good art, and there are a lot of good actors. There's a lot of places that the story could have gone but didn't. Um, now it ties. It didn't it, have a, it didn't have any sex scenes. It just had implied I sex. No, it was no nudity. I was a little upset, but you know. <laughs> but it was uh, but it was still rated R. It but, was. Um, and, and but it was still good. Um, like again, again, the book ending just, parts though. I wanted to mention that real quick. She ends up back in an insane asylum, essentially. She was and then is back in an insane asylum. Now, I found that very, very, very close to the same kind of concept of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It yeah. was, uh, it's always funny how like we, we don't plan these out, but then there's like <laughs> some tie in from one movie to the next. And, uh, I was like, wait a minute. So and now again, is it all in her head? You know, your famous, like, uh, <laughs> what, what do you call it? your famous well so this movie theory sorry theory. i was looking for the word i couldn't find it this movie i would say that it is probably all in her head 
um, because she doesn't seem that stable in the first place. Like, one, she's uh, traveling across the country to find her father. Um, and that whole gas station scene, she was, like, ill-prepared. Yeah, yeah. I, it, like, it was you, a- in the 70s, where plastic wasn't the the go-to way of payment, um, you always should have cash. Even now, you always should have some cash. Um, and so that, that was one thing. Yeah. Um, another thing was um, just her whole, the whole way that she interacted with everybody. Like, she broke into her father's house. Oh, yeah. She just smashed the she window. She smashed the and window and just went in. Yeah. in. That's um, funny. She, I, I forgot about that. Instead of searching for him, she sat down and read his diary. Um, and then the way she interacted with the people in the town, like she was very accusatory instead of like, oh, I'm searching. She didn't once contact the police kind of thing of yeah. like, hey, I'm looking for my father. He's not there. Like there's just a lot of things that were like not right. Like Tom, she let Tom and his two lovers just hang out at yeah, her house. Just hang out at um, house. Without any question. And then the only reason she didn't have sex with him was because he was like, nah, bitch, right? Yeah. He um, was, his little move there was that he was like, yeah, you know, I need you to unzip me here. And then she's like, thank you, good night. And he's like, well, you can't unzip a man and then tell him good night. And then he like brings her in, gives her a, like a, like a uh, hug. Not uh-huh. really. Do they kiss? I can't remember. Uh-huh. No. But she, Sort of almost looks like she's happy or feeling it at that moment. Like she's and getting a like, little nah. bit of comfort. And then, yeah. And then he pushes it like, ah, no, nah, I'm tired too. You're tired? I'm tired too. Yeah, fuck it. And then he leaves. So I, I would be inclined to say that she's a little unstable. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Totally. What was your favorite ah, scene? But unstable. Um, I asked you this last time and I didn't think that you were going to ask it back to me and I didn't have one ready. So, um, I think my favorite scene was... Um, when she's losing her mind by herself at well, she's losing her mind further um in the house and she's like going crazy within the house and uh, right before her father shows up. Um no no, right before Tom shows up and she goes and she goes and stabs him. Yeah. I think that was my favorite scene. Oh wait, wasn't there going back to the skylight, there were people like coming down and falling through the skylight later yeah. on, right? Weren't they? Yeah. That's when the town people attack her at her father's house. Right, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite scene, looking back at it, like the two, like, I don't know, again, the gas station scene was kind of cool. Like if, if they didn't have that scene in there, I feel like the movie would have dragged because they caught, brought us in with the fake start with the uh-huh. girl killing somebody who had nothing to do with anything else. And then we have this like setup. And it's like, oh, my father and these diaries missing. I got to go find him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like sort of like, okay, well, what's happening? What's happening? And then you get hurt at the gas station. And it's like, okay, we got a little action here. You got a crazy guy that kind of looks like NPH. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he's shooting his gun out in the middle of nowhere. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, Mr. Albino Man shows up and is acting all weird and everything. Because and, he has two dead bodies in his truck. Yeah, yeah. And so like... This created a lot of tension and like, um, I guess at this moment, we, we don't know exactly what's happening. So it leaves the audience wanting to guess or figure it out. Like, huh, well, how is this going to mm-hmm. tie into everything? And then, like I said, she he tells her frantically, get the fuck out of here. Don't worry about the money. Just leave. You don't mm-hmm. need to be here. And then uh, Albino Man leaves. And when he the NPH goes into uh, 
the the back where you know to to work on the car you think he might get crushed by the lift because he's working under the car but that's where we get our first zombie jumping through and attacking him Mm -hmm. and then you see his body being lifted up and he's like all bloody and everything and so without that scene i would have probably lost it like there wasn't enough action going on in between that and the next kill for me to like I needed that scene, so I think that's why I, that one would be my favorite. And again, the way they ended it was like lights out, lights out, lights out, mobile gas station. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have a question. Yeah. In the event of a power outage, would those lifts automatically come down, or are they locked in place? Well, the power didn't go out until after. I, I but know, but yeah, I'm asking. The lifts are probably hydraulic, which means. The seal and they would have hydraulic. to actively be turned off, and the and they would empty and go down, right? Yes and no. I know. I hate that answer. Well, here's what I could tell you. <laughs> My experience with certain hydraulics is you basically have the a piston that gets, um, you know, hydraulic liquid fluid pushed into it, and it will extend and whatever. And that what, by releasing the fluid is when it comes back again, and it, and it goes down, right? Now. The electrical part of it doesn't need to be there. It only needs to be there for it to move, Uh uh, to go up. But like if you have a leak and there's the seal breaks, the hydraulic fluid can leak out and the thing can automatically fall down. So to answer your question, in this case where everything was working properly, yeah, you'd probably need the electricity to get it to come down. But if something somehow had ruptured and there was a leak, then yes, it could move without the electrical. Right. So if there were no undead, he could have like before, because he didn't really freak out too much when it started coming down. So he probably thought, oh, there is a leak. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But he he knew that he was firing at something out there. He was kind of doing a little, uh, he said, have eyes kind of like shooting off into the, the wilderness. Like he was calling it, didn't he say it was dogs or yeah. wolves or something like that? <laughs> NPH. Every time I watch movies, I like look at the characters and I just visualize them as the, whoever they look like, sort of. Oh, like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It was mm-hmm. um, Crispin Glover. Crispin and, Glover and, uh, and Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, yeah. <laughs> and the penguin. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what I do. I just uh, I see it like that. It's easier for me to like remember the people that way. So it's not like they were vampires or anything. No, they were basically zombies, but smart zombies. Uh, that that have good cardio as we figured out (laughs) i liked that this wasn't really trying to say it was a zombie movie you know what i mean like it was i don't even know like if they were trying to have it be a zombie movie or if it was just more like a mind altered state that these townspeople were in now do you think it stretched outside of this town eventually do you think that they i mean if it was real and not in lead in our lady's head um I don't think so, because after the hundred years, it hadn't. It was localized to just that area, and that's what Malibu is now. Anyway, it's Malibu is very much its own colony. It's called the Malibu Colony. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they're very much their own people. So, point I think, mafia. So what I think, I, I think it would just be that. Well, I wonder. Let, let's like let's, not like the pod people of. Invasion of invasion the body of snatchers, the body yeah. snatchers, where they ex- they explicitly want to expand. I think they just want to maintain. Well, I have a question for you. If something happens only every a hundred years, is it really that big of a deal? 
Like, well, it's not it going to be around. Let's like, put it in perspective. If genocide happens every hundred years, is it a big deal? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying, like, in in this case, I don't know. You know, like, okay, well, if it happened, I was, you know, 50 and it happened once. And all of a sudden, it's not going to happen again in my lifetime. So who gives a shit, right? It'll happen in your children's lifetime. Yeah, every generation but... will have it happen. I know. And that's their problem. Yeah, no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're I, the you're the in 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 the, in the scary movie, you're the bad guy that's still trying to rob people as they're getting chased by the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I have certain feelings of my own, you know, I I don't have kids. I, you know, I do feel like that yeah we should have some sort of preservation for the future mm-hmm. but uh at the end of the day if there's nothing more that can be done if we've really gone beyond the point of no return then i don't know like i, I don't make it worse well no i'm not making it worse but i'm just saying it doesn't really affect Stop you burning that much. tires in your backyard if it's only going to happen 100 years later then it's not really going to be okay first of all let's look at it like this if it happened when you were two and then it's going to happen uh, when you're 102 then what does it really matter right for you personally because you were a well, baby it didn't affect you, you and you'll be dead before you care it comes. About. oh okay that's the part i'm missing out on i understand you're now. a big dumb <laughs> <laughs> i understand now. i get it i get it yeah so that's it yeah it was a good i like the movie the it was artistic it was beautifully done when it was beautifully done however there are a lot of unclarified plot points for me um there's a lot of um the name just things like it's called the messiah of evil but there's no messiah that you right. see is the dark man uh i'm sorry the dark stranger the messiah is he is he that evil i mean what does he really do did he kill somebody when he came he, in? he ate somebody and then because oh yeah right, they have the desire right. for okay human so flesh. In, in his legend they're like oh he had something to do with the donner party because he walked with the donner party and the donner party infamously ate each other when they were trying to cross the um they were trying to cross over to california wait jeffrey dahmer had a whole party you're a fucking idiot are you serious you're <laughs> the, not serious the dahmer party <laughs> no i'm not serious i know as come on you know if anybody else serious. wants to be a co-host <laughs> <laughs> there's a seat opening up <laughs> Uh, app- apply within. <laughs> no, no, not within. Nope. <laughs> um. Well, what's yeah, the Donner so Party? The, what are you calling the are Donner? You yeah, no Donner well, Party. You I know, don't know what that is. Hey, the Donner Party is this group of um of people who are traveling from. Oh, here we I go. I want to say it down Missouri. Me. I don't know. They they wanted to cross over to California, but they have to cross through the um the Rockies. Yeah. And they left when it was too late in the season. And they had this guy who was supposed to be a guide, but in reality, he was a scam artist. And so he got them lost. And and, he became dinner. And then they all, like, they got lost. And so while there were other parties trying to go and and reach civilization, other people that left, that they left behind to try to find help for, they started eating each other. (laughs) Well, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. It's like the movie Alive. Yeah, right. That was in like the Andes or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's why he they, they, there was a link to him and the Donner Party, 
And there's a link from with him to um to this town now. Right? So I guess in theory he's spreading the the taste for human flesh. Yes. Did you think that um if you tasted human flesh that you would have an addiction for it? Probably not. Have you ever seen the episode of uh It's Always Sunny where uh where they, that's what happens? Yeah, I think so. And that has something to do with the, the Danny DeVito character. Yeah, Danny right? DeVito has his uh he keeps all his like meat in the in his fridge or whatever and uh charlie keeps eating it i believe and then so he's like god damn it you got to stop eating all my fucking steaks and shit like it's all my like you know private reserve steaks like they're for me don't eat my shit and then he's like whatever bitch like you know and then the next couple days like frank comes up with the idea to switch the meat out or at least he tells them that it was human flesh and uh d and charlie both eat the meat and they're like what no way that's not human flesh but then for the next couple days they can't stop thinking about it because it was the best steak they ever had (laughs) and they're like oh my god was it really human flesh we gotta know we gotta know and so they try to break into a morgue to try to (laughs) see if they can taste they bring a hot plate into the morgue (laughs) they bribe the guy at the morgue to let them in the guy at the morgue thinks they're just gonna do some weird sexy shit with the fucking body or something and uh, instead they're over there with a fucking hot plate trying to figure out to cut a piece off. So <laughs> since, uh, yeah, I remember seeing that episode, but since uh, human, the closest thing to human flesh is supposed to be pig. Is it? And I don't uh, like pork. I, th- I think I they say think that for like the texture as far as like tattooing. I don't know if it's the same. Are we, do you think we, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't think I, I would want to try. I mean, I don't want to try it now. How but How bad of a situation would you have to be in to want to eat human flesh? Uh, luckily, I know how to eat vegetables and roots so and you, rock slime. Yeah. <laughs> so, would, so, so if you were in that like alive situation, you would have tried to well, find Well, alive is different. Food. Alive is in the middle of the Andes up high when there's nothing that grows there. So I don't know. I probably would probably die. Like, there are certain things I can't bring myself to do. Like, I probably would be able to kill somebody if they were um, uh, about to harm myself or my children. But I don't think that I would be able to cut into somebody to cook them up with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I think you'd be surprised. Like, I don't eat pork. I don't like it. I don't like the... I mean, I like bacon. And that's about as much as I go in Park <laughs> Belly when we go to KBBQ. But unless it's, I, I, I can't, it took me a long time to be able to cook a whole chicken because when I you hold a raw whole chicken in your hands, it feels very much like a baby. I find that, well, I, I, for that part of it, I can understand because you're a mother and all that, but I find it very hard to believe. You seem to be very, 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 you know, uh, handy with a knife. And I am, but that doesn't mean that I want to cook a person. No, but I think you have the desire <laughs> to cut somebody. Yo. I've, I've actually cut somebody before. Yeah, I know. You told us, didn't, uh, did you tell us on the podcast? I don't know about don't the pencil so. stabbing incident. Oh, no. That, I just, just wanted that, to that stab wasn't me. Someone. What? Oh, yeah, allegedly. That wasn't me. I, I got stabbed by myself, like myself in the pencil here. Like, I have a hole right here. Oh, but you stabbed somebody, though, right? Just because you got mad at them or some shit? No, there was a stabbing that occurred when somebody tried to kidnap me. Is uh, that the story you're talking about? I don't know. But you seem like you would be okay with stabbing I cut somebody, somebody with scissors once. Like maybe that I was I cut what I their remember. forearm on purpose 
with scissors. That's probably what I'm remembering. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's say allegedly that you cut somebody just so that way you're not actually They're alive. <laughs> uh, alive and well, doing well. Yeah, doing well. Just had a child. Good. I don't know if I could eat somebody, but <laughs> I did. We having this conversation. I don't know. I think we should stop overhead. All right, fine. Yeah, I don't think I could eat somebody. I was just about to say how I think I could eat my dog, though. I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I could either. But sometimes, you know, like um, when you watch the old Looney Tunes and they're like two stranded guys on the beach and one and looks, somebody at looks it, like, a, like yeah. a piece of ham. Yeah. So sometimes my my one of my one of my dog's legs. Or so meaty, it just looked like if I ever had to, I could fucking, you know, probably well, fry that I don't know up. if this is cultural or is it just like, I don't know what it is. But when you see a baby with thick thighs, like, you know, like like babies when they're nice and chunky. No. You say, oh, I could just put you in a soup. <laughs> no, I'd never heard that before. <laughs> fucking weird. So you, so wait a minute. Cooking babies in soup, huh? It's just a something you say. Tender little morsel. Look at you. Let me pinch your cheeks and bite your thighs. <laughs> I mean, it's just something that we say. It's not like I've really never heard that happen. before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody this back is, me up here. Is, we talk about zombie movies, and now we're end up uh, talking about eating babies and soup and shit, and dog thighs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I it, it's it's something that's said. That's all. Anyway, Messiah of Evil. Messiah of Evil. There's no Messiah in this movie. There's no Messiah. In There's the not movie. much evil. It's just hunger. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's also yeah hunger. It's just uh, uh, but it's not slow. It, it it's 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 paced in a way that you know you'll get through it. Um, it's got a gorgeous cast. Like everybody there, aside from the old, creepy old men, are pretty good to look at. There's no nudity, however. Um, there, there is uh, eye candy. Now, there definitely is Lovecraftian Romero mixed into this movie. It could have been better executed, I think, if they really finished connecting the dots, or they really had the Messiah come out from the water like he was supposed to during mm, the Blood yeah, Moon. Yeah. Um, I think that would have just elevated that for me. Um, it would have been like you know just a little bit pepper on top, kind of like spice it up a little bit, but. Um, Otherwise, I mean, it's decent watch. I enjoyed it enough to, yeah, I enjoyed it because like we were like, oh, let's watch something. And um, we were just browsing through. We have a, like a set list of stuff that we're trying to watch. And then we always come across random stuff. And this was one of those randoms that I feel like was it was good enough. Like I wasn't disappointed. Um, yes, it was a little jagged, but definitely not disappointing. Yeah. But, yeah. Fun little movie to watch. 1973. Yeah, and we found it. It was it's on Shutter, Shutter. currently, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's on Shutter. Go ahead and check it out. Yeah. Let us know what you think. We're we um isn't is uh didn't you say something about that movie that's coming out now? Is Malignant, right? Isn't, yes. That's one. Is that it not on HBO Max? Uh, maybe I don't know. I was I was um is it, it probably is HBO Max yeah. has a lot of things. I was thinking about this other one that was actually I I saw an advertisement for on Shutter. No. Um, I don't remember what it was now, unfortunately, but it was something like... You should write things down. You know what? I've realized I've been having a problem. Like, <laughs> like you're old writing. now. Yeah. You're like in your twilight years. And then I'm not writing shit down, so I forget about things very easily. I did, however, take a snapshot, a screenshot of it, but that requires me to figure out 
Yeah, here we go. You want me to tell you what your what your phone password it is? It says the Mortuary Collection. I don't know. I saw an official trailer for that. It's a Shutter mm-hmm. original, and it looks like it's. Uh, Let me write that. It's down. pretty cool. I don't know. I thought it looked kind of cool. It looked like there was a scene where a guy was having a baby, and then there was like tales of death or something like hmm. that. There was this. There was this thing. I think it was on Shutter. Was it thirteen? Let's see. What was it called? Thirty-one. The Rob Zombie movie. No. Um, movies by. There was there was a set of of um, movies by women. It was uh it was like little shorts. I've been trying to think about a movie that I saw in my past that had to do with women at a. Um, <laughs> at a female prison with some sort of oh, Asian guy, China, uh, warden, and I cannot. I'm telling you, me. it's Dollhouse. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's okay, not. so Shutter has this thing called NYX, and that's Nick's. That's a makeup line, but it's 13 minutes of horror film fest, and it is uh, 13 minutes of movie of, of shorts, horror shorts that were directed or created by women, um, and they had some pretty fucking cool ones. There was uh, there are some that I was like, uh, OK, but then there were a couple of them that I was like, that is the shit. Can you please make that into a feature film? So I definitely recommend checking that sucker out. All right. Cool. Well, um, I'll look into it. Uh, if the trailer captures my attention, then, yeah, I'll. I'll the trailer uh, captures my attention. <laughs> I was watching it one day and you were you came by and you're like. I'm gonna go smoke. Yeah, <laughs> probably because it was all I don't know. What? It's all what, <laughs> Stefan? I don't know. Mm. Mediocre, uh, uh, amateur, non-professional. Some of them were amateur. Some of them I didn't enjoy, but some were really amazingly done. Well done. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Please, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Please give us a rating as those help. And um, give us a shout out. Uh, give us an email. Shoot us an email. Do something more like that. Whatever the actual words are. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I got to get up at five in the morning. Yeah. We, um, we, uh, we appreciate all of your love and support out there. Thank you for the emails. Um, you can email us at hello at icecreampodcast.com or you can submit your movies or what have you on our site, icecreampodcast.com, I-S-C-R-E-A-M, podcast.com. And you can submit a movie. You can figure out what movies are next. You can just take a look at everything that we are up to and um, drop us a direct line. Yeah, maybe uh, you can uh, give us a couple, uh, like if we missed anything in our little review, you can help point it out, throw it in the comments or something, uh, or give us your own little review on it. Maybe uh, you liked it more than we did or, or something. I don't know. It's always good to interact with the fans. We love you guys. We really appreciate your support, and we look forward to doing more of these episodes um, in the future. Anything Absolutely. else you want to Anything else you want to say, Heidi? If you have any recipes for human flesh. Recipes? <laughs> oh, Give them to no. yourself, is what I'm saying. I'm I don't want to be them. very careful about all the getting baked with Heidi uh, recipes that are going to be coming out within this next month. <laughs> You're like, here, try this cookie that I made, Stefan, that's made out of real human flesh. <laughs> like, wow, no, those, uh, like I said, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, mm. no, definitely not. Pay attention. God damn. <laughs> All right. What? That's it. That was me not paying attention. Mm?
<laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> nice one. Touche. All right. Well, thank you guys again. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye.